Hey, this is Chase Barber. And I'm Jordan Willie. We're two blue-collar boys doing some blue-collar interviews. All right, welcome to uh, Blue-Collar Interviews here. We got a fun guest on tonight. It's uh, Mike, also known as the Gear Man on TikTok. Welcome to... That'd be me, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Gear Man. I've heard uh, of- <laughs> so to start off the podcast, we always... Uh, what's your TikTok? Where can people reach you? And we recommend that they go pause the episode and then watch a few videos so that they know what we're talking about in the episode. Yeah, GearMan underscore 93 is my ID on there. Is that the year you were born, I'm guessing? Oh, a little young. Little. <laughs> I wish. I wish. No, it's actually the year I graduated high school. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Nice. Nice. So you do transmissions, eh? Yep. Sure do. That's yeah. good because I understand nothing about transmissions. So let's learn a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh... Mike loves to educate people on transmissions, and we've agreed sometimes, and we've definitely not agreed sometimes. I, I'm, it's been I'm interesting. curious. I've I've heard about the disagreements. I I kind of want to hear about that. What's what's some of the spats you guys have had online? I want to know. <laughs> what is it? Probably the clutch issue. The clutch. It'd be the clutch. Shifting a track transmission with the clutch or not? <laughs> oh, you're in support of it. Whoa, okay, I'm already on the one side of this fight. I hate using clutch, so I want to know why I'm doing it wrong. I take it you're on that side. Well, uh, the only thing is, I mean, uh, years ago in Eaton School, I mean, uh, they they put the clutch in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of people say it's just a start and stop with, but unfortunately, that is false. Oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> See. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those things where i was always told driving truck it's for starting and stopping mm. and i get it and i've learned a lot and i've listened to a lot of mike's videos here and i'm still in disagreement i'm, I'm gonna use that clutch for starting and stopping <laughs> I, I i don't have an argument i'm sure you can educate me and I will be wrong in this issue. But all I know is that I know a lot of companies who none of the drivers use it and they two or 3 million miles. Then they dump a clutch or two in. Well, like they go a long time and I don't know if they're saving any might not like doing it the other way. Well, I guess you can start us off. What does uh, using that clutch in between gears, what, what strain does that help avoid? Well, <laughs> just to be perfectly clear, <laughs> I mean, myself, Sometimes, like I made a video the other day, I get into a different truck every day, you know, and, and drive it, and they're all different. You know, different people's driven them different, and they they just feel different. Like, I can get in some trucks, and uh, it just, like, it, it slides in and out of gear so easily that, that if you time it right, yeah, you can get it in there easily. But, you know, I'll say this. A new transmission... A brand new truck of manual transmission. I would definitely want to start out using the clutch because everything's new and everything's tight, obviously. So when you mash down the clutch, it releases that releases all the torque. You know, a lot of people don't understand, but you have torque coming from the the drivetrain as well. You know, as far as uh, you know, down a hill, as far as holding back and everything, and. When you mash in the clutch, it releases all that torque to where you can make a good shift smooth or a good smooth shift, so to speak. And uh, it, 
like I say in a lot of my videos, you know, it's just uh, a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different cases, you know, but for the majority, how's that? <laughs> I, I guess I uh, <laughs> like I'm not opposed to using the clutch. There's times where I will shift with the clutch in areas where I know my truck is under heavy torque load. Say you're pulling a huge hill or going down a hill and you've got a, just a ton of weight on you and you're in the basement gears. That's when I'll use that clutch to help break yeah. that torque in order to just keep it a little bit easier on that. But at highway speeds, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the, uh, <clears throat> I'll say this, you know, well, obviously, you know, you, you drive for a living somewhat and, you know, I, I can't say that, that I have. Shots fired there, jeez. I, I no, that's fair. That I, I used have. to drive for a living. I used to drive for a living. <laughs> I wish I had, but. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it, uh... <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot where I was going to go with this. <laughs> all, all good. I don't know. I guess. The way I look at it is that, like, being an owner-operator for about the last seven years, I guess the last year wasn't really much of an owner-operator, but six years with that truck, and I never needed to change out a transmission or a clutch, and I look at the cost of a reman transmission, and I feel, oh, about that eight grand mark, ten grand mark, and for me, if you break down the total month let's say 10 years running a truck without blowing out that transmission works out to about 60 dollars a month to not have to clutch if i'd I, pay that any I, day yeah of the week. i would absolutely pay that <laughs> to not have to do the double clutching constantly i have i have a bad left knee actually so like trucking like, like i have a it's, it's not that uncommon it's a little uh, disease in my leg called osgood's a lot of younger men get it it usually goes away mine hasn't and like I can't, I couldn't clutch all day. I couldn't like my knee wouldn't work that long. So I, I don't, and I don't think I will ever. Yeah, I'll get into some trucks, like I said, and and test drive them, and it's just like it's just so easy, and I can shift without the clutch myself. But then sometimes I get in some, and I just, gosh, I just can't seem to find the right gear anywhere. So yeah. you know, I definitely start using the clutch then. Okay, I, I was going to ask you about that. What causes that? And both two trucks, both uh, Cummins X15 ISX, both have 18 speeds. You hop in one, you hop in that Peterbilt, she sif shifts sm so butterly smooth that you can shift it with a pinky finger. You hop into a Western Star, same motor, same transmission, and it feels like I'm in day one driving school. What causes that? Well, I honestly, it's just who has driven it before and whether or not they wore down the <laughs> mm. <laughs> the shift bar housing enough, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, I mean... Uh, By not clutching. <laughs> okay, so what smooth shifts smoother? When it's worn down, does it shift smoother? Or when it's not worn down, does it shift smoother? <sighs> you know, I mean... I feel like I should be able to answer that, but I also can't. I mean, uh, the thing is, like a like the older 8LLs, if you've driven those, yeah, yeah, you know the small ones like the 6613s and stuff. Those, I mean, to me, a, a person out of high school could drive one of those and not use a clutch. You know, I mean, I don't know, you know, and I can take one apart. And I have just to see the difference. 
and and everything looks like new in there. I can't I can't say, you know, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I do definitely think that a driver, you know, kind of being tough on it and forcing things will kind of wear things. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and you know, you got to remember, I'm getting things when they are worn out. You know, mm. so. Yeah, I, I guess nobody brings the transmission to you when it's running real good. And um, I, I got I got a weird one to ask. I know I've worked for one gravel company in town, and they they had a thirteen speed that they used as a ten speed. Like they didn't split their top gears. And when I got working there, I just hopped in it for a bit. And I it would it would be it would it was hard to shift splitting, trying to use the splitter because of years of not using splitting. Like what occurred there? What causes that? Oh. You you say it wouldn't shift, or they just didn't use it. They didn't use it, but then when I went to use the split after this many years, it like it, the, the timing was off. I couldn't shift for the life of me. And I was talking to someone else about, it and they said that'll happen if you don't split your gears. Like they're not getting wear. I guess I'm not sure how it works. That's what I was asking. Hopefully you could explain. But the, the not splitting of the top end, and then use then all of a sudden after three years of not splitting, someone's trying to split them, and they don't want it. Doesn't want to time right. Like it doesn't want to work right. Well, I, I guess my guess on that would be uh, anytime you don't use it, those like those pistons and the O-rings and things, they get stuck. I mean, it don't matter what uh, system you have going on or what air dryer, you do get a little bit of moisture in there. And uh, yeah. over time of never using it, it will stick. If not, slow it down. And that's what I think is happening for you there is it's, you know, it's shifting, but it's just slow and it's just not, bamming in there like it's supposed to you know yeah that, that makes sense because yeah no, i know i was like oh yeah no we just drive like a 10 speed then i hop in and I'm like what this is ridiculous yeah. our gravel truck does the same thing jordan um what i do have to do in order to get it into high range those uh where those two little air lines go up and into your shift knob mm-hmm. i pull it in high range and then i have to unscrew the air knob and then it you can hear it <laughs> clunk and it goes in and then i gotta screw the air knob back in so i can shift the low range later that is greasy that is greasy <laughs> speaking, speaking of greasy clutching and shifting issues i was on site the other day and we had a gravel truck go down just clutch dropped to the floor it's a hydraulic clutch it dropped to the floor and then popped back up with full pressure and now like to get it back to the floor takes all the amount of strength you got in your leg to put it down what do you, you got any idea what happened there newer hydraulic clutch uh, not right off. I'm, uh, one more time, explain it to me one more time. It was the guy was driving it, no problem. He was clutching, no problem. He stopped on site to go put it in gear. Thing dropped to the floor, no pressure, like just fell to the floor pretty much. Didn't know what was wrong, put his foot there. Next thing you know, it pops back up at him full pressure. And now, now we can't even put that clutch down pretty much without a ton of power. So it came and, and went, yeah, like that. Is it a is it air assisted? I don't know. I don't know. See, um, some of the newer ones are air assisted hydraulic. Yeah. And uh, if uh, if that air system ain't working right, it'll make your clutch feel so funny and just act up crazy things like that. That would uh, that would make sense. That makes sense, especially with how cold it is in Manitoba right now. Maybe you're getting well, a little bit of ice issue in the air system. Now, yeah. now ice in the air and even even if there's some condensation in that hydro uh the, the the tank itself for the clutch oil and i was like well maybe that some fluid in there um okay funny enough though we had to get it off site to the shop and they were going to tow it and i was like f that 
I'm going to put it in low gear and I'm going to start the thing and start driving. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> Just use the low gear to start it. She, she, she had a hard time and she clunked up, started going. And then, yeah, that was like, I'm not going to lie. I've had a, I've had a truck that I hopped in for a guy and he, he blew a clutch and it was in the middle of the road. He's like, I can't move it. Cause it, the, like the clutch is gone, hopped in the truck. And I have just jammed that thing into low gear real quick. And really? You can do it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done it at stop signs. Like you're not moving, and you're just like, "Fuck it," <laughs> you just pull it in as fast as possible. I mean, she'll she'll move. That was a that was a Super B with a hundred and like forty thousand pounds on it. And oh, that's bad. Like she, <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like if, Chase, Jeez. if you've already if you've already grenaded your clutch. Nah, well, <laughs> that was our thing. I was like, "This thing's going to the shop. What's starting and gear gonna do?" It was fine. Oh yeah, I, I, I could have kept hauling gravel on site with it. <laughs> just never, just park on a hill so that you're facing the right way. So yeah. when you start, you just feel those gears, and you don't even need the clutch. Oh, I was, I was ridiculous. Okay, the gear man's listening to these conversations. They're like, no wonder our transmissions are so messed up coming to the job. <laughs> Now, I, I've had some customers come all the way from the middle of the United States over to me and not have a clutch. And I ask them, you know, how do you make it through the red lights when, you know, situations like that? And they say, you just got to time it right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I When I was doing like, I, had st- I, I don't know if I had a red light, but I had stop signs, intersections. And I'm like, kid, just go real slow, like take it back. It was dark, for- dark fortunately. So no headlights, nothing. Okay, now, now it's giver. Like you're just easing off of it. Go slow. Okay, we're going to go. Now it's fast. To be fair, that's pretty well the way I normally always drive a truck, though. Like, yeah, if I know I've got a yeah. red light, I'll hang back a good 40, 50 feet, and I'll just put it in low range, and I'll just let that truck idle up until I try and time it so that I watch the other light change, then you get a red, they get the yellow, okay, there we go, and then I can start getting gears moving again. Like, I yeah. never like stopping that truck because it's well, just, it's too hard on a drivetrain yeah. to stop and start constantly. Even even in a pickup mm-hmm. truck, if, like, there's a red, like, we're in a small stretch between lights and then it goes green, guys floor it and then they stop at the next one. Like, I'll, like, just get up to speed, slow down. Like, if the one in front of you is red, too, you might as well wait till it turns green to get up to speed and start going again. Like, why fly to the next one when it's that red still? Okay, I got one. Uh, I got one question. I'm dying to ask, Mike, because the one question I I kind of asked, I never got an answer to really well for in the transmission guy side of things. When you're shifting your auxiliary, clutch or no clutch on the auxiliary, because it doesn't have an auxiliary. Does clutching your main help? Okay, I mean, what exactly you call an auxiliary? I mean, the the rear section of a transmission is called auxiliary. So is that what you're saying? Uh, no, you're like your four speed auxiliary, your brownie box. Oh, where you have a <laughs> normal transmission, a drive shaft, an auxiliary yeah. four speed yeah. transmission. Okay, drive. yeah. Uh, I mean, myself, I guess I would want to use a clutch. <laughs> <laughs> Big clutch uh, guy over here. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but does the clutch, when you break the torque, I guess it should in theory, but like when you clutch in your first transmission, does that still relieve the torque that's still spinning into your auxiliary? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'll be totally honest with you. You know, even when I grew up in my grandfather's garage and piddling, you know, we there wasn't many auxiliaries in in the coal fields 
you know, this is something, you know, I mean, I know about it and I have worked on them, but as far as being very popular in, in my area, they're not. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, uh, so, you know, I, I ain't going to say there ain't somebody that didn't answer that better, but, yeah, you know, to me, it's just, I don't know, the more you got going on, I guess I'd want to release the torque somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, Fair enough. I did not know. know that auxiliaries weren't a con. I just assumed that they were a relatively more common thing across North America. I'd yeah. say even like Manitoba, we'd have less trucks with auxiliaries. Uh, maybe it's for the mountains. Like I know I, I'd say so. At Bar S, Shelly, she had a uh, like a 2020, 2019 Peterbilt. Her low bed truck still had an auxiliary transmission, that brownie box, even mm-hmm. on a 2020. I had a 20, 2010 Kenworth. It had a, it was just a two-speed auxiliary, but the auxiliary is really, really nice because it goes back to that 15 double over. I was always told that a 15 double over means that you have a 15 speed in your main with an overdrive, and then you have a four speed or a two speed auxiliary where you either have a one, one ratio on first, if it's a two speed or you have a low and then you have a. A, or sorry, you have a deep reduction, a low, a main, and then fourth is an over. So a double over was always a, your auxiliary gave you that overdrive. So you still had the low end torques to start out, but then when you'd get up to highway speeds, you could get that double over. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be doable and, and probably, you know, I mean, that would be something probably that would be good. You know what I'm saying? But like a lot of people keep asking me about that. And, uh, you know, the ones that I knew of and the ones that I was a part of building and the ones that I had done years ago, you know, everything you had in the low side, you just moved it to the top side. So as much as you gained on the top end, you lost it on the bottom. Yeah, that's why I always thought you had put an auxiliary behind it because yeah. then if you have two low gears on that auxiliary, like yeah. I had a... Um, my no, they didn't Carl. do that here. You know, no? again, yeah, they didn't do that here. Oh, because you could run like a set of like three, <laughs> three forty-three rear ends or something, and you would still have two low gears on your bottom end, or and you could get that truck moving at you know, hundred and sixty kilometers, hundred mile an hour, hundred and twenty ten mile an hour. But yeah. you would still have your low torque. Like I remember truck drivers pulling trains with 130,000 pounds back in the day saying that they could get those trains up to 150 kilometers an hour across the prairies. <laughs> Using kilometers. You're confusing the poor guy. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I pretty neat. I mean, that's like I say, that sounds doable. But uh, well, That's how we did it with Carl because it had um, a set of 7.5 rear ends. 7.5 rear ends with a 15 speed and a four speed auxiliary, both of them having the overdrive. And with 7.5s, you could still get up to 110 kilometers an hour, 60 mile an hour with seven fives. Hmm. Did do y'all not run like two speed differentials up there very much? No, I've never just, really just 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 single axle trucks. You see a lot of them in the older single axle trucks. Like well, you, see, down here, that was a big thing. We had, you know, the Eaton has big two-speed rears. And, 
<laughs> I can remember working on those ever since I was a little bitty fella. Yeah, the, we, uh, Chase. Yeah, maybe it is a mountain thing because you probably don't see them. But like in the prairies, you're like any old grain truck you go to has a two speed rear end if it's a single axle. Typically, typically, even even like my one truck because you have these older trucks, gas engines with a far, four or five speed in it. You can get the, like my boom truck is a it it doesn't have a split diff and it goes like 70, 70 kilometers an hour. I don't know what that is in MPH, but not very fast. So, like, a lot of those trucks had the two-speed diffs. How do those two-speed diffs work? Like, I don't understand how you get two gears into a differential. Was it just a transmission mounted in front of the differential? Well, that's no. for the gear, man. <laughs> no, it, uh, no it's, a big, uh, it's a big healthy differential. And it has, a, I think they call it a sun gear that slides in and out. And just the way the housing's made. And uh, it has a whole different set of, well, they're called planetaries in there that works with the actual gears and stuff. I mean, it's a pretty complex little system. Uh, uh, I was trying to think if I had any brass pins left. Uh, people, they got brass pins in there that runs inside the planetaries. And uh, whenever we would put them in, you know, new, we would uh, keep those and make hammers out of them. Ah. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, that, that was the real popular thing. And, uh, uh i have tons of memories and experience i can tell you about those i can say that okay because i was super curious because our e-axles have three speed rear ends because huh. the motor is on the axle it has a three speed rear end with a set of planetaries <laughs> and i have no experience whatsoever working with that huh. yeah if you've seen a uh um uh, I mean, do y'all have wheel lock up there? Surely you have wheel lock. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, if you've seen those, the way the, well, on a on a wheel lock, it has like a hub that slides on the axle. And you have a longer set of splines, and it slides back and forth on that axle. And yeah. in return, slides in and grabs part of the the inner the inner case you know to make it somewhat you know lock but the two speeds were kind of different but it, it you it kind of worked on the same basis it had a big sun gear they called it it slid out that went into a different set of you know somewhat axle gears but it wasn't spline to the axle so to speak is how the two speeds work hmm. but i mean it's it, almost the same scenario but at the same time it's well it's different. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to getting these because nobody is like taking one of these apart yet. Like I, I don't know anyone that's experienced with them because they're a goofy setup. And it's the one part of the truck that's making me nervous is having any kind of transmission or anything like any kind of gear shifting in the rear end. I've just never dealt with that before. And honestly, I don't, know what kind of gears you could fit in a rear end that are going to handle the torque of those electric motors like surely they must these are billion dollar companies doing this research but that seems kind of hokey you're worried about split diffs oh boy i am yeah. worried about split diffs do you, all, uh, do you all run like telma brakes up there do you know what that is no tell me more see <laughs> <laughs> down here the the garbage trucks they're the ones that runs it the most time is a, uh, you know, a garbage truck starts and stops all the time. 
So uh, it's called a Telma break. It goes on to the front diff, and it looks like a big old big. Well, it is a bunch of big magnets and motors, and what it does, it it works like a magnet, and it helps slow down the whole truck. Yes, yes, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, I yeah. don't. That's cool though. Yeah, and <laughs> it's a big heavy. God, it's a big heavy rig. I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to work on. <clears throat> Hmm. But that was when I used to work at the dealership, and I haven't had to fool with it much since, so I'm not complaining. Yeah. How often do customers come in with a problem? Like, say they ripped out their diff lock, and they say, I don't know how it happened, and you clearly know what they did wrong. And they're like, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> Man, I could give you some really good stories. I want to hear yeah. some of stories. Oh, that's what the podcast is for. <laughs> I had a fella come in one time. Well, he called me and he says, Truck won't move. I said, Can you come check it out? And where I'm a woman in show, you know, it's kind of hard to leave what I'm doing to go to go look at one. But, you know, one exit above my shop is a big industrial park. It has, you know, a lot of trucks going in and out. And uh, so I'll go up there to look at it. <clears throat> and the fella says, you know, he says, see, he won't move. And he was a, he was a foreigner fella. Uh, <clears throat> I guess I'm going to talk about him because uh, he tried screwing me over to a certain extent. But anyway. <laughs> All good. He, uh, <clears throat> I told him, I, I mean, I don't know if he could understand me or not, but I said, flip your interlock in, you know, flip your interlock, lock your diffs together and, and try moving it. And the thing is, I don't think he knew what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so I go back there and, uh, you know, the front drive line's turning and the rear one's not. So, you know, I said, you know, I feel like you've got a, a diff out or an axle broke. And, uh, well, Long story short, this was like on a Friday. He called. I told him I couldn't work on it until Monday. He had called everybody in my area to come and look at that by Monday. And he had pissed off everybody by Monday. <laughs> and uh, he called me back wanting me to work on it. And I start calling around to try to find something because it actually had, it was a Freightliner and had Mercedes differentials in it. Ooh. Okay. And uh, start calling around to try to find some things. And, you know, amongst doing this, I find out that he has called everybody in the area. <laughs> he has pissed them off, too. I don't know what exactly he done to some of them, but enough to where they were aggravated and they didn't want to deal with the fellow. Mm -hmm. And uh, long story short, it ended up being an axle broke. And, uh, he wanted it. I was getting ready to go on vacation, and uh, I was like, man, I mean, I'm sorry. It's kind of ended up like this, but I said, I'm going to be gone next week. And yeah. Said, you know, you can uh, – <laughs> the only way you're going to get this here is to – and it – gosh, there was so much went on. But anyway, coming into the end of the week, and I said, the only way you're going to get this here is to fly it in. And end up, but like I said, there's an axle. And by the time he paid for the axle, it was like a super rare. I'm telling you, it was like three in the eastern United States. Oof, not and, good. 
he had to pay, you know, an axle's not light. So when you pay air freight on that, it's not cheap. <laughs> and, uh, but he was aggravated and, uh, well, I, can, I can imagine, I imagine so. paying air freight on an axle would probably <laughs> cheaper to go to a truck wrecker yard and get a full new set of rear ends. <laughs> probably. Well, I think just that axle ended up costing him like 800 bucks. Yeah, well, that's not too you bad. Know, but all that time, all that, all that time down. Oof. Yeah, I mean, uh, but the thing is, this guy, he just, where I couldn't get on it when he wanted me to, you know, you know, unfortunately, it put him behind on my list. And, you know, he uh, took matters upon his own hands and ordered a whole nother differential. And I was like, man, I, you know, I didn't say it's a differential just yet, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, let's not get the cart for the horse here. And uh, he ended up, he didn't, you know, I did get him a price on him, but he didn't want to go with any of the prices that I had or my local people. And uh, he ordered one from out west, and they sent it. And uh, after I told him, I was like, I told you, man, this is an axle, not an old differential. So he did, you had to pay for a disc too then? Well, no. He told me to refuse the shipment on the differential. Oh, where that, I got that makes back. you look bad then. Yeah, I mean, this dude was a real, I'm talking a piece of work. Yeah. And uh, like I said, the uh, the axle cost all that. And I mean, even though it just took an axle, I still had a ton of time on him. Plus, you know, I mean... If I'd have never heard from the guy again after Friday, I wouldn't have worried about it. But as far as when I went and checked it out, you know what I mean? But yeah. where I had him in my shop and, you know, yes, I'm going to tack that time onto the bill because, you know, it was part of it. Was yeah. it, was it, what, did he, did he pay up? Was he good? Well, that's the thing about it. He tried to claim that I didn't, that I unauthorized used his card is what pissed me off about it. See? Ooh. And, uh, but the funny thing was, is I had so many voicemails of talking to the fella. Uh, I mean, that voicemails and texts of even talking about the bill. Yeah. Plus, he actually used the same card to pay the wrecker to bring it to the shop, but he said he didn't have to fix it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I don't understand about this idiot? So this guy can source his own differentials and axles, go out, find his own part, but he was too dumb to realize he could put his inner axle lock in and still drive? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't believe, I, I honestly think that, well, see, that's another thing. Amongst all of that stuff going on, somebody that had came to look at it, the driver had freaked out on him. And wouldn't let him into the truck to try it out or to do something. And it's almost like he must have had something, you know, in the cab he didn't want nobody to know about or something. I don't know. I don't know. You know, the amount of people, though, that shock me that just do not know how their differentials or interaxle work. Like, I've seen so many trucks spun out on the hills in the wintertime with just one tire spinning. And you're like, you're like you got your diffs locked in? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I have all my diffs locked. And mm -hmm. you, I hop into, like... An, I'm like, I can see that you have an inner axle on the front of your differential there. It's clearly either not working or you don't have it. Look in there. He's got a full set of lockers, two diff locks and an <laughs> inner axle and didn't push one of those switches when spun out on a hill. I'm like, yeah, he pushed him in there. <laughs> and he launched and lifted and he was gone. It's bad though. Like the amount of drivers, like I know we obviously we talk about a lot of trucking and the things we see, I was 
the other day I was coming into town. It was probably 11 o'clock at night and there's a semi in the middle of the road stopped. And I was like, okay, that's probably bad. I stop, wait for the guy. He comes out. I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I thought it'd be an, like, I thought maybe he had a heart attack or something. Stop like crooked in the middle of the road. He's like, I'm lost. I'm like, okay. So we start talking and a new Canadian and, uh, we just get, to, he, he's like, I'm supposed to go to Yorkton, Saskatchewan. It's about three hours from me. But I'm like, have you typed the address in on your maps? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, see how like the line is three hours from here and there's telling you to make turns. Yeah. Yeah. You, why are you stopped here then? Like it's telling you where he had the GPS pulled up and he was lost. And I'm like, you have it in your phone. And he had no idea where he's going. It was just like, this is terrible. And then I dealt with the driver today. Who exact opposite yet? Maps printed out. He had his phone up. He was really good. I was like, okay, like, how is there such a separation here? How is it so polar opposites for some of these people? There are two distinct kind of drivers that exist in the trucking world. And <laughs> there are really, there's the one type are incredibly bright people that I love talking to. They love trucking because they love the freedom of the road. They like listening to their podcast, their music. They love being absorbed in their own thoughts and they're incredibly incredibly smart with lots of ideas and then there's other people where tr- they are too dumb to do any job but hold a steering wheel there's either mm-hmm. ones that are too smart to work at any other job because they like thinking about their own things or they're too dumb to do any job and that's the only two you get it seems <laughs> it does seem like there's a lot where like i'm like it's, it's so funny though because like you go low batting or some heavy step deck work and you're like Dang, like you gotta like you gotta know what you're doing, you gotta know your weights, like it's a lot to it. Then you see some drivers like, oh my gosh, truck drivers are so dumb. <laughs> like, uh, I feel terrible saying that. Truckers, we're all smart. You're all you're all geniuses. The ones that listen to this podcast are smart. Yeah, you're all geniuses. To be fair, I am assuming our <laughs> listeners have like a ninety-nine percent or fall into that smart category because they're actually they're like, Oh, I'd love to listen to podcasts and learn everything. I don't know, they listen to us though, like that might say the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they were smart coming into the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Every time they listen to one, just that one IQ comes off the top. No, a lot of the like we get a lot of texts and like I've Snapchat talked a lot. A lot of guys are owner operators. So thanks for this. I do think a lot of our listeners are pretty 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 bright people it's just so funny seeing the polar opposite end like this guy he literally had it in on his gps he just had to keep following it i had to go turn him around and he wanted to turn around i felt i'm okay like literally 500 yards from here there's a massive parking lot i'll get you turned around so i go there's even a loop for truckers in the parking lot and he turns around at the entrance way of it in the intersection where there's just enough room which i was actually like good for you but like just follow me like i said take you through this massive trucker loop so i got another question for mike here this is one of the other the debates that was going on heavy last year on uh trucker talk where do you stand on running your interaxle lock full time uh i'll just say this if it was mine i wouldn't how's that i i want i'm not gonna say it's gonna hurt anything because, I mean, it's made, you know, to where it won't hurt anything. I mean, the, the what little damage it would do would, you know, it would take a long time, you know, to, I mean, just to keep pressure on your, you know, interlock bit fork. I mean, that's about all it's going to do, really. I mean, to be honest. Okay. So, I mean, if it were mine, I wouldn't. But, you know, I don't know. 
I, I think my thing is like in the winter time, I like having the extra traction. Well, yeah, extra totally traction. And I um like we were very mild weather here, pure ice the other day. I I Jake slid without it on, so I put it on on the next corner, and then I wasn't Jake sliding anymore. Like it was so pure ice, I was so light, I was sliding. But then when I spread that weight out, and I like it, it it's better for traction. That's why I say when you're even. when you're in slippery conditions, run your inner axle. Like winter, I highly winter, that, yeah. And then yeah. if you get really slip slippery, run your lockers, full lockers, diff lock, and inner axle all the time, completely while you're in those slippery conditions. While you're slippery going slippery, as in no asphalt. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> pure <laughs> ice. Sir, yeah. Where about are you from, Mike? I, I don't actually know where you're from. Yeah. I'm from Southwest Virginia. You don't get a lot of snow and ice there, like my forty below. Then I guess not like you all know. Okay. Yeah. And the recent well, the, years, it's less and less. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's, uh, I always say though, yeah, like run your full set of lockers when you're in the snow. Interact. Like if you're in slippery conditions going downhill or anything, full lockers and diff locks. Yeah. And there's a trick. You cannot steer if you have your full lockers in. It's going to push you straight mm-hmm. unless you get onto your Jake. You as you need to turn, you hammer on the Jake. It'll put for some reason puts the weight onto the steer axle. I don't understand. The you can I, it, you could help, but you, I, I, you can turn sorry. with lockers on while you're jaking, but you can't. You go straight if you have them on and don't jake. I don't know what's doing it, but the energy, like obviously the energy transfer when you're going forward, it's in your front end. It's lifting you, but when you're stopping from the energy transfer from the engine again in the front, putting pressure negatively. You feel the truck, you feel it go forward when you have like heavy jakes on, like a good traction. Like you can feel the truck going forward. So that makes sense that for steering, it's putting all that weight forward on your steer tires. I don't know exactly where the transfer is happening, but like it, it, it makes sense that it would steer better. Yeah, I got a question for you. I mean, this is one thing that one side of it that I wouldn't know is is there a difference in fuel mileage between running diff lock and not? It's so small in the difference. I've done a trip with the diff locked and I drove 500, I think 500 kilometers, Grand Prairie, Edmonton one day. Uh, What's that work out to? Like 300 and something odd miles. And I did one time with the inner axles in and the other day, I'm like, it's sunny day. I'll just take the inner axle out. And I did it. And the difference was about two three liters in fuel and that could have been the slight difference of did i have a headwind or not so i really didn't like one mile per gallon difference over 300 miles is a statistical rounding error so no i didn't notice any different but that was up and down type terrain uh no that was in the prairies so that was relatively flat ground yeah and i just one thing I was told is the one thing you will blow out a rear end if you're driving a tri drive without your inner axle in, you will do a lot of damage. Pardon? Yeah, see, those are really rare down here too, as well. Ah. Tr- well, that that's funny you mentioned that because the tri drives, like even uh, like Heavy Holland Fool had that one video, like. Unless you're driving a tri axle, lower your voice when you're talking to me. And I'm like, his truck's a drop axle. Like, that's yeah, not, it's not even a That's drive. not even a tri drive, boy. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's what happens in a tri drive is with those three axles, if you were to picture them in a row, if you're going down uneven terrain, it can be something even just like going over a large speed bump or something. 
but if you are a slight curve or a grade, your front tire and rear tire are touching and your middle one kind of has no pressure on it and it lifts up or it, the weight comes off of it at the bag as the bags don't adjust in time as they take time to inflate. So as you hit that difference in elevation, that middle axle spins really quick. Like you'll sit there and one tire will spin. And then as you come down, it suddenly contacts and you take a tire that's spinning at full speed and you suddenly load 40,000 pounds onto it again. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Which is why I was told to always <laughs> run your inner axle. And like you see some guys and they swear that never run your lockers in the wintertime because you'll crash. And I'm like, no, that's just not. No. Yeah. Well, I've definitely gone straight through a corner because of my lockers. <laughs> but that's a different issue. That was young Jordan. Young Jordan. Pre-class one Jordan. Fair enough. Fair enough. Muddy too. Wasn't even uh wasn't even uh snow. I was cruising through a field. I was 17. I had to leave a field. And uh, full speed out of the field is super mucky. Got to the road, no steering. Got to the far side of the road, finally got a little bit of traction. Did not crash. Was happy that I didn't. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Hey, Mike, I got a question. Um, on the topic of dumb things that people have clearly done with a transmission, what is like the worst example of a transmission that you've ever seen? What, uh, like, as far as an example of like, how did you do this kind of mentality? Like, like, like they showed up, possibly have to do to do this. <laughs> they showed up and it was missing. Like, there was no transmission. Like, oh, I swear it was there. Like, <laughs> uh, I have one really close friend that I could tell some stories on him, but I don't want to. I mean, he's one of those, he's so he's so funny. I mean, if he can make it. Another week he will run it, and I'm, it's just so funny. And I just don't. I, some of it, he might make a little extra money out of it, you know. But for the biggest part of it, I, I swear I feel like that he, you know, loses over it, you know, because it run, runs into bigger things. Um, <laughs> nothing, you know, nothing. it ain't been long ago. I took wet one out and uh, went to take the shifter boot out of it, and it was a daggum. Uh, you know, the boot you put around the, you know, you have your vent tube. Down here, we have a vent tube coming out of the top of the house. I assume it's like that up there as far as for your bathroom, yeah. you know, yeah. your sewage. They yeah. had used that rubber that you put around that that, <laughs> that boot, around, uh, that, <laughs> around that vent <laughs> tube. That's what they were using for a shifter. But <laughs> oh. I was like, what the hell is it? Oh. Speaking of washroom <laughs> shifter boots, have you ever ran into this in the real world of the urban legend of the truck driver that cut a hole in his floor and you look over and the drive shaft is a blender, for lack of a better term? You know, I've heard that, but I've never seen it. I, yeah, I've been hearing that more and more, but I've seen it. Like, I haven't seen anything on it or actually like witnessed it happening, but I believe it does happen. It's got to happen. You know, <laughs> you know, like that one fellow that gave me a hard time, he was a foreigner. But I'll be honest, I have met so many great foreigners, you know, great people. I mean, uh, lots of times when people come, they, you know, tell me what's going on. And I'll say, you know, would you like for me to get a wrecker? And, you know, sometimes I end up taking these people to the hotel myself, you know. 
and uh, you know, you get to meet with them and talk with them. Some of them just really great people, but you know, something about the foreigners there, they, they are completely scared of the dealerships for some reason. I don't know why, but they just, they do not want to go near a dealership. I don't know why. I mean, I mean, I know why the price is 50% more. <laughs> well, I mean, on some things, but uh, you know, uh, some things not. I mean, I'm not the cheapest person out there, but you know, <laughs> you know what though is like, I will trust a man like yourself that's got his own shop and doing it over a dealership. I once had to uh, get a new clutch in my one truck and uh, or what was I doing? No, it's it broke the transmission mount. Snapped transmission mount, and they did the clutch while we had it out there. But they did it, and this is Kenworth themselves. The truck rolled out of the shop. I got about five, six hours down the road. The transmission dropped off the back. They did not secure any bolts to the bell. They were all loose, and it just physically dropped off. Like oh, I, it, it just separated from the bell house. Did, did like, you shift it? fall out you're, you're you're just holding your shifter next thing you know whoops, God. <laughs> that's it well i mean it didn't it still had its transmission mount so it didn't follow but yeah. i mean it packed out and all of a sudden she just slipped in gear and like you're just spinning and i'm like horrible grinding noise and like yeah the trans the shifter got dropped down that little bit and you're like what the fuck like it totally <laughs> fucked up the whole end of the bell housing fucked up the input shaft of the transmission and it spent a month back in the dealership. <sighs> then the dealership, they came back and they tried to bill me for like $15,000. And they're like, well, yeah, the, the, the transmission coming out was our fault, but we still have to do all of the re and re and these costs need to be on you because we did all that. And like, no, you, you literally only had to fix a transmission mount. And I said, let's do the clutch while we got it out. And you grenaded my entire setup. I'm not yeah. saying that. But like after that, I'm like, I'm not going back to the dealership. I will go to the small shop that remembers to put the bolts back in. Or well, if the, they don't, they feel bad about it and fix it for you, actually. Like, come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the service managers and the service managers and stuff. I mean, no offense towards any of them out there, but a lot of them, a lot of them haven't turned wrenches themselves, and you know I feel like they should have to. You know I feel like that. Uh, you know when I worked at a dealership, see I, uh, as I told you earlier, Gearman '93. I graduated in 1993. Well, my last year of high school, I got out half a day to go work for my grandfather, and he had a garage, and that's where I grew up. But, I mean, I was patching inner tubes, coal truck inner tubes, and riding them up and down the creek when I was 12. And, uh, but anyway, when I worked for my grandfather, and then I went to the dealership, you know, I was, I, I was trained. I mean, I did not get to do nothing. I would work my butt off washing things just to get to touch things to put them together. You mm. know, then, you know, when I went, I wanted to move out of the area. So, you know, I applied at the dealership and went there and, uh, you know, back then, you know, the, the shop manager then, I talked about him there a little bit the other day, but, you know, he was sharp as a tack. I mean, he used to be a mechanic. I mean, he used to just move up 
out of mechanics to the shop foreman and the service rider and stuff, but it's just yeah. completely different now. Uh, no, I think almost with any job, any senior manager position should always be filled by someone who's done that position or yeah. knows something about it because then when is- issues arise, they have their own solutions. Like, you can't do these well, things. You like can't just do that. In trucking. Dispatch. Those dispatchers oh. I've had are ones that have driven the truck. Like, a dispatcher for a low bed that's pulled a low bed is a hundred times better dispatcher. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, it's the same way with the parts man, too. I mean, you know, some of them. Well, oh, can I just say that <laughs> partsmen are a severely, severely underappreciated, and their parts people are getting worse and worse it's and worse. I found so true. And like, like when I find a good one, like I, I call a few companies, oh, yeah, no, I can't find it. Sorry, fine. They got a guy's like, you know what? Let me check. I'll call you back. Okay, never. You're not calling me back. I got a call back. Hey, yeah, I found one in this place. I found a shipper, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, you're my guy from now on. Anytime I order anything, I don't even care if it's more expensive. I call him this guy. Because, like, well, he'll find it for me. He'll put the effort in. And it's just the knowledge that they have when you ask for parts that I find so frustrating. Like, now that there's just a, a couple, like, go-to ones I call. And you're like, hey, I, I need a fuel pump for a big cam 400. What's the VIN number on the truck? No, that's not going to help you. I need a fuel pump for a big cam 400. Well, I need the last six digits of the VIN. Well, there's only five digits on this truck. And that's not the truck that came with motor that came with the VIN. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I I hate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's like, no, no, no. We are doing some very custom things here. Or like, like, seems like I, it's why I can't go to the dealerships anymore because of that same issue is that I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but they're not mechanics anymore they're computer technicians what they want to do is hook a laptop up to it and they want the computer to tell them what's wrong and a step-by-step how to fix it i'm like bitch i could fucking do that with youtube myself i am here because i have a problem with my truck i don't want you to just hook a computer up because this truck was made in 1969 and it doesn't have one (laughs) but come Mm -hmm. out have a listen to it i listen to it every day i can tell that there's a slight thing weird can, can you give me like a maybe it just needs a valve set or something, but something feels a little off on that top end. And they're like, well, I, I don't know how to, what, what do you mean? Something sounds off. And mm. I've taken that same motor, that same truck after Kenworth. And I went down to a small shop and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. And he's like, oh, I know exactly what's wrong. And it, it was <laughs> like an, a one hour repair bill. One yeah. hour repair bill. He looked at the truck. He listened. He pulled one valve cover off. He just set it by ear. And then he was good to go. And I'm like, oh, okay. This sold me on never going back to the dealerships. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I, it's a, that's such a rare thing. Now I'm just looking at the workforce coming up and it's just, it, it's the, it gets me sad every time I think about it. Depressing. <laughs> we used to have one mechanic when he was logging at the one company in, uh, up North, he was literally able to tell if you had a bent push rod by the, he would, could, um, wrap on the push rod with a hammer and he could listen to the sound of the push rod and he would tell you exactly which push rod was bent in that block just from the sound it made from tapping on it. That would be fairly impressive. <laughs> yeah, my grandfather, he used to adjust the timing by putting his hand in the exhaust sometimes. <laughs> and I was pretty like, cool. I was like, boy, I'll never get there. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting at, though. Like when I listen to you talk on TikTok about the way you can explain transmissions and make sense, and it's like, 
why would I want to go to a dealership and have some second year technician have a look at the transmission when I could take it to somebody like yourself, who's an expert and actually know what's going on and said, like, I feel like if you go to a dealership, all they're going to say is like, oh yeah, there's something wrong with your transmission. Well, we'll order you a brand new Eaton. Yeah. It should be here in two weeks. And you go to Mike and he's like, oh, I know exactly what's wrong with this transmission. We'll just tear it apart. <laughs> put a new shift fork yeah. in. It was just your shift fork. We'll just put a new one in. You'll be back on the road. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a, a, a. I mean, there's a ton of eager young men out there that's going to be good mechanics and are. But you know, I mean, even me when I when I buy something or something, I want to research it. I'll go to YouTube. You know, I will go to YouTube, and I feel like a lot of these younger guys, they, you know, they look to to youtube and uh, some type of a video and you know a lot of the content i make i feel like i try well i want to and try to make it to where it's real world scenario you know i don't i don't want to know what the book says all the time yes that's really good to know but that's just half the battles what you know what the directions say lots of times and uh, you know lots of times it, it's it's rarely ever a textbook case so therefore, you know, you, you, that's where I try to, you know, share my experience to try to cut some of that down for people. And, uh, I'm in the process. I'm going to make some videos as far as building transmissions and, uh, it, it won't be like you would get, you know, out of some kind of a class. It will be real world scenario type things, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, if you if you want to work like that, kind of a dummy proof kind of thing. I mean, so I know, can my... watch these and learn. From <laughs> oh, I you mean, can definitely myself... watch and learn from. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> you yeah, know what? The one myself, video. Oh, I have ahead. to read something two or three times sometimes before I completely understand it. You know, so you know, I you know, I just want to speed that process up for everybody else. I guess. <laughs> I mean, some of your videos have actually really helped me i think my most influential video i've had from you is your checkpoint get to a checkpoint and then stop that's the one thing like i've brought even into like the guys that work in our shop now i'm like okay like if you're at a checkpoint and it's the end of the day go home like that it made so much sense instead of working up until like the exact clock or the break time work up until the point where you're okay i'm in a spot where i can leave it and come back yeah yeah, as long as people are the morale at the shop, you know, people, there wasn't nothing I would hate worse than to go in behind somebody and, and, and start where you thought they left off and then find out that you had to take back apart what you had done because they hadn't done something before that, where you thought they had stopped. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, gosh, I would get so aggravated, you know, and, uh, <laughs> oh yeah somebody else you know my, yeah. my problem was i forget where i left off when i go back if i don't do that <laughs> i forgot where i was and then yeah, i spent the I next mean, 20 minutes figuring it out yeah you can get a phone call or or somebody can smash a finger or you know anything can happen where you have to leave you know and just try to all you know you never know what's going to happen but just try to get i mean surely if somebody smashes a finger you need to jump out right then but you know, at least get back under there and get it to a point to where the next person come and will know exactly where you dropped off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, it's, it's one of those things that 
if you don't think about it and like how many years I've been wrenching and I've never thought about it until you made it. I'm like, Oh, I'm an idiot, but yeah, it's something so simple that just, you know, it's just, <laughs> you know, and bolt pans too. A lot of people just throw their stuff on the floor or whatever. And, uh, you know, every transmission I put in, I put new oil in it and I end up with a ton of buckets. I'm sure you've seen my wall of buckets and uh, I just cut the bottoms of them off and make pans, you know, bolt pans you know and if yeah i i I like the idea of the bolt pans even not always the magnetic just something separate of a container because i'm not an experienced mechanic so i can mix things up i don't know which bolt goes where sometimes so it's like you're taking off four or five different items to get to what you want to okay the bolts that hooked this up let's put them in this pan the bolts that did this one this pan like you separate everything then when you're putting back together or you know say say i hire my guy to put it back together Hey, each bolt's in a separate spot. Like you, you, you're not all mixed up. And here's a cluster of crap. Figure it out. Oh, see, my way of doing it, and the one way I have to, and the way I tell everybody is that you take a bolt out, put that bolt back exactly where it should be. Like if you're taking a part off and you've got four empty spaces for bolts, and you remove that part, just put them in a couple threads. Yeah. So when you go to put that part back, those bolts are right there because <laughs> if this project is going to take three, four days somebody's going to move that or knock that over or you'll lose one yeah. and it rolls Chase, away and then this where do you find a, that one goddamn bolt? Not a 1960s camera. Sometimes we work on things where you need the room where the bolts are. <laughs> Still need that room, boy. No, I get what you're saying. If you can, put them back. Hell yeah, put them back. I'm just, even when it's tight and like you want to get a ranch in an area and that bolt be in the way, put them in a separate bin. Don't mix them up. So much easier. Fair enough. Come on, Chase, you and your old Kenworth. <laughs> you can put a lazy boy in some of the engine bays you work on. <laughs> I, I mean, that's true. I can literally <laughs> sit under my, my front bumper and work. But that's it, most uh, trucks you can do that. Most things you can do that. Like you're taking off an exhaust clamp, just put those bolts back into the exhaust clamp, then set the exhaust clamp aside. Oh, like yeah. Most things you can do oh, that way. Yeah, like stuff you take off like that. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it just makes such a big difference putting the bolts back and it saves so much frustration because mm-hmm. the a one you lose is always a goofy, stupid size bolt. And then you got to go to like the part store and you're like, I didn't, none of the bolts in my bolt bin fit this size. And I got to get 20 different bolts to bring back and try the different thread lengths until I find the one that actually works. No, no big old, big old threads and just cross thread them in there. Call it good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hit, hit it with the impact and hit it go a size up and metric. Hit it with the impact. Give her, give her, give her good fifteen Uggadugas and some red away. Loctite, and you're good. Yeah, red Loctite. That is red Loctite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah, I guess we got to. We're getting into an hour. We got to wrap up the final ones. But the one thing I did want to do is because we're trying to get the tour of this truck is. I really want to get his feedback once we get this truck built and see if he'd be okay bringing down that those e-axles and going through them because I'd love to have somebody that really knows what they're doing with those axles to really pull them apart after, you know, the truck's got 30,000 K on it and just see how it's actually wearing. And if, I want to know if they need to be like beefed up or what can be done with those gearing because it, it, it's just, I have no clue. I've never worked with an e-axle, obviously. You may find that really fast. (laughs) (laughs) We might. We might. I just, 
I get worried that it's been designed by some guy sitting down in Silicon Valley or in an engineering floor that has no experience. And like, I, I just want one good guy to like have a good look and see. Did you say Silicon Valley? Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Silicon? I thought it was silicon. Like, you know, you put it in like silicone titties. Is it silicon titties or silicone breast no, implants? No. It's a different word. It's a They're not? I thought it was called silicone because that's what makes the, the computer chips. That's why they're called Silicon Valley. That's why they're called like silicone because it's the same thing. It might be spelled the same, but I know you pronounce it differently. Really? Yeah. I'm almost I'm almost a thousand percent sure. <laughs> I thought it was that. So have I been pronouncing the like you know not not that it comes up often, but like breast implants is that also silicone? No, it's silicone. Like silicone, silicone. But they're spelled the same, and it's the same material. That's because that's what's in the computer chip. Why would it be pronounced differently? Okay, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure when guys say Silicon Valley, it's silicon. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Silicon. I think it's all according to who you ask and where they're. It might it might be just the way accents say because I'm like on TV if you hear it, it's always Silicon Valley, but maybe they're just saying it fast. And it is silicon because it Maybe is they just don't silicon. want to be associated with boob jobs. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta ask these final questions. Um, if you could do anything but work on uh, transmissions, uh, like you, you pick any job in the world, what would you do? <sighs> as far as blue collar rat, you can do whatever you want. Uh, every, any job you want. I know. Should have went have, to law school. Should have went, you know. Yeah, I have said that if I could do anything else or could go back, I would probably go be a pharmacist. Really? Really? That's yeah. an interesting one. Because <laughs> I've worked many years with my back. And every time I go into the drugstore to get my blood pressure medicine, <laughs> all they're doing is taking a little knife and sliding them over. And making six figures, I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> That's fair. All right. All right. That makes I, sense. He I, has I, kind I, of sold me on the pharmacy. I'm all, I'm all for that opinion. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. No, it, it, at first, I'm like, That's ridiculous. Once you hear yeah. it, you're like, Oh. Hey, anyone, anyone disagreeing, saying it's probably hard to think about your local pharmacist and be like, Oh, damn, he might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> the climate control building, they don't know what they got. Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, white white lab coat, but you don't have to deal with like blood or anything. like most doctors, like you gotta deal with like, you, you just sliding over some pills. Yeah. You gotta be smart it's enough to grab computer. the right pills. Yeah, it's all computer done now. I mean, they don't ever tell me what I should should and shouldn't do. It's printed out on a paper with my stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they yeah, actually like the doctor recommends the, the amounts, you just gotta put them together. Wait a second, you might be honest something. <laughs> I feel like old timey pharmacist though had to be the best job. Hundred percent. Be like, oh, my back is aching. You're like, have you tried some onion flavored cocaine? Yeah, honestly, like eight night, like eight late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Oh, that would be the best. Oh, that would be the best job. Like, I feel like you could just make it. Be like, have you tried drinking a lot more whiskey? Yeah, have you tried drinking more? Yes. Have you tried drinking more and hitting yourself with a hammer? No. Well, I'll try that next. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> well, I, I'm not feeling good, pharmacist. What do you recommend? You'd be like, you got ghosts in your blood. You need leeches. <laughs> you got ghosts in your blood. That's it's so like, angry. 
You got that ghost blood, boy. You need leashes. <laughs> oh, old timey doctors too. What a time to be alive! Like there was one thing for headaches. They put a steel bucket on your head and hit it with a bat. Like what? <laughs> they had to be screwing with people. <laughs> they and then did. they're like, I love that the nerve on those doctors too. Where they're like, back then it was like women can't be doctors. Only guys could figure out to put a bucket on your head and smack you with a bat. Well, every time we try and bring women in, they keep wanting to do science. I just want to hit Steve with a bat. It seems to fix them. Yeah, well, the, they, they thought trains would go too fast that people would die going that fast. Like, how, how yeah, they, 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 when trains first were around people, uh, like, like doctors, people like that thought you would die, your body wasn't supposed to travel that fast. What? Yeah, you can look. It's old timey doctors were the dumbest people. I would have been such a sweet job. No wonder oh, you, they wanted. To oh, keep women you need out. a like, nail in your ear. That's bad, boy. You need a nail in your ear. That's gonna help you right up. Be like, oh, it's I a missing elixir. My... Oh, the elixir. See, that's what I picture the old timey pharmacist as is the elixir tonic guys that would go yeah. around. And you, they always like every historian looks at those things and they're like, yeah, it was just full of opium and cocaine. That's that's what these elixirs were. You like, took a bunch of whiskey. Good. <laughs> yeah, it turns out if you have uh, like an eighty proof whiskey and you mix it with a bunch of cocaine, it makes you forget that your rheumatism's acting up. But yeah. accurate. Chase, I just sent you a picture. <laughs> You're gonna love. Sorry. Well, that uh, works real well on an audio podcast. I know it's just for you, right? I was before I forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to ask that final question. Wanna, what is the dumbest job you have ever done? Like, what is the stupidest thing you've ever been called out for? Uh, on a truck, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, it could be any so, job. What really? job on a truck? Like, you know, where you get in there and you're like, it won't go into high range. And you're like, ah, you're out of air in your tank or something ridiculous like that. Uh, I'll tell this one, I guess. Uh, he was an older fella. Bless his heart, he's passed away now. He had the best best attitude that ever was. But he was an older fella, and the poor fella, he couldn't even uh, he couldn't even get under the truck because he was health was so bad. Hmm. And uh, he he said that when he would lay down, he would get dizzy, you know, and he'd get vertigo. And he and amongst you know, knowing the fella and we got to be friends. I mean, like I say, he's a great fella. I, his nickname for me was Vertigo. And I'd say, what you be doing, Vertigo? <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, I built a transmission for him. And uh, he'd went, here's another dealer story a little bit for you. But anyway, he'd went to a dealer somewhere out west. And uh, he called me, he says, my transmission's leaking. And I was like, well... You know, uh, you know, cause he's all the way out West. Ain't no way I can help him all the way out there. So, you know, I was like, you know, see what you can get done. You know, let me know what's going on. You know, we'll do whatever it takes, whatever. And, uh, so he sits there all day at the dealership and they finally get it in there and, uh, they pull the yoke off the back of the transmission and put a seal in it. And, uh, <laughs> and I asked him because I'd gotten worried myself because I knew they were working on it. And I I called him. I said, "Well, what's the you know what's the word? What's what was the problem?" And he says, "They just come out and told me that I was ready to go." I said, "What do you mean?" I mean, well, what was it? And they had put they had pulled the yoke and put a seal in the back of the transmission, 
and then told him he's ready and he didn't owe any money. And I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, right that, that, that seems but wrong. Something ain't right here. So, you know, he says, well, I guess I'll just try to head home. He said they said I was okay. Well, he goes to the next truck stop and he said, there's a whole puddle of oil, you know, oil under my truck. And, uh, I was like, well, can you, can you not make out where it's coming from there, where to go? <laughs> Remember, he can't get out of the truck. <laughs> and, uh, there you go. <laughs> long story short, <laughs> yeah, long story short, the poor fella, he comes all the way back. And uh, again, you know, I'm, you know, I take pride in things I do and I don't have problems, but you know, in this case, I thought I did. You know, I'm not above something happening to something I do, but he bring it all brought brought it all the way back and uh end up being a fuel line leaking over top of the transmission. And the thing is he he hands he says he finally got under the truck and he caught some of that oil in that bottle. He had a you know, like a twenty ounce coke bottle there, he had caught some of that oil in. <laughs> and he he handed it to me. I said, well, what's this? Because, I mean, I can see clearly it was fuel. And he goes right there. I said, oh, it's leaking out. <laughs> and I smelt it, you know, just to, just to be sure. But, I mean, it looked like fuel. It was fuel. And, like I say, he had took it to the dealership. And who knows what even went on there. But they put a seal in it and put it back and didn't charge this man a dime. And didn't even fix the bad fuel line. I don't understand, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but that poor old fella, he, he honestly thought his transmission was leaking and there's a bunch of fuel leaking out on everything. I mean, I guess I could see if it's dripping down onto the transmission and then it mixes with any kind of grease or oil from a leaking seal. That would look pretty oily. Huh? Yeah, I mean. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah, the poor fella, he just didn't have a lot of knowledge. I mean, he drove for years, but, you know, he just didn't have a lot of knowledge. But he was a super nice fella. And he's passed away now. I hate that. But, uh, but you know, that was kind of the most silly thing that I'd – I mean, he put it in that bottle and couldn't even tell that it was fuel versus gear oil. Fair enough. <laughs> I was like <laughs> – Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That always makes a good point. You don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, but everybody likes the nicest guy in the room. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to be smart. Like, people never look down at somebody if they're not always the smartest feller, if they're a nice feller. Yeah, poor old Vertigo. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Oh, man. I had one one fella talking about getting out of the truck. Uh, he called me here it's about a month a few months ago i guess and now but i don't like to work on automatics but if i'm slow you know i'll try to help people but he said it wouldn't wouldn't move or you know it was stuck i can't even remember what it was now but but a lot of times when people call me about the automatics is people don't realize this if those things don't have 12 volts it it will act up and do crazy stuff i mean if it's 11.8 it won't work. And uh, they had called me and wanted me to come there and look at it. And I asked him, I said, because he's in like a Freightliner Cascadia or something. I said, uh, can I get under it? He goes, yeah, you can get under it. 
And uh, what I meant was, was my, would my fat ass fit up and under it? I didn't ask, I wasn't asking him if I could, <laughs> if I was getting permission to get under it. But I got up there and that thing was so low, I couldn't even get under it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, man, I wasn't asking for permission. I was asking if I could fit under <laughs> <laughs> Were those side skirts just that low on those trucks, eh? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I had taken a creeper. But I couldn't even screw up, scoot under there on the ground. I couldn't even get under. Jeez. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. <laughs> I yeah, no, I'm not even gonna touch that one. <laughs> oh no, but I I'm no fan of uh, I'm no fan of automatics myself though. There was one time I've driven an automatic once in my life, and I think I made it less than like a hundred, two hundred miles down the road. And completely grenaded that transmission. Hmm. And it's, they they swore up and down. My truck went into the shop and they gave me a loaner truck while I was still working for another company. And they swore by this uh, auto shift from Freightliner. And it, it, it's the best thing that you could ever have. And you'll, you'll never want to go back. Well, I was pulling a set of Jeep and Booster. And I think it was scaling in around like 200,000 pounds on this Taylor Hill, steep hill outside of Fort St. John, Northern Canada. And a flagger stopped me on the hill. And that auto transmission, it would set off and it would get moving. And then it would automatically put itself into neutral with um, over torque, over torque every time it tried to launch. And it made me look like I just caught my license. Like I was throttling in, the front <laughs> tire would come up, it'd come down, and it would stop. And everyone's looking at this truck on the hill just bouncing like it can't launch. And I kept doing that because every time I'd get like a foot and I went the entire way up the hill just like launching this truck back and forth till the transmission finally grenaded. <laughs> that was my only experience in driving an automatic. And all I will tell you is that it it cannot pull, like at least with an 18. You can put it in low, low, let that clutch out, and like you can just let it crawl. But apparently, you can't do that with an automatic. Well, eventually they will, and eventually the manuals will be eventually a thing of the past. They will, I believe it. Because it's like we're talking about, you know, as far as everybody can't, nobody's quite the person they used to be so many years ago you know it just makes them easier to put in a truck you know what i'm saying i'm i'm genuinely wondering though like with all these e-axles and that electric thing coming out i wonder if that's there's no real transmission like if there's those three little gears that play back and forth but that's it three gears no automatic like it doesn't really shift in a certain way it just moves gears yeah, I've been seeing some stuff circulating over the Tesla truck now. What's their status on theirs right now? Yeah, it's the uh, it, it's about the same way. It's just it's just has a gear and a, a slip collar, and it moves forward and back based on how much power you need between those three drive motors, and it engages and disengages based on the power. Oh, sorry about that, guys. It looks like we left our uh, we lost our audio and lost our connection mid connection oh, oh he got on just there we go. go hello there, there we go yeah all okay, right Mike. we'll just uh i think we're just gonna wrap this up quick here jordan's got a hockey game in like 15 minutes 
13. <laughs> 13 minutes. 13 minutes. Sorry. My fault. 12 now. It's actually 12 minutes now. Yes, it's 12. So, so wrap it up. <laughs> so, Mike, what's your views on just like oh, the general up. theory of life? Okay. Thanks okay. for coming on. Thanks yeah, for thanks for coming on, Mike. It was absolutely great having you here. And well, uh, one more time, if people want to check you out and uh, learn some more about transmissions, where are they going to find you? Yeah, Gearman underscore 93 on TikTok. Awesome. Thanks I highly on. recommend you guys uh, check it out, and you will learn a lot about how a transmission works for sure. I appreciate it, guys. I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> oh, I had a great time. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, again. Talk to you later. <laughs> you too, guys. Bye.